HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Appeal, helping you enjoy your fruits and vegetables at peak freshness and reduce food waste. Learn more at appeal.com. Welcome to The Big Food Question, a podcast exploring the most urgent questions from a food industry in crisis. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, host and producer of Tech Bites. In the food industry, staff is the key ingredient to a successful business. Whether you're opening today for the first time or reopening after a shutdown, it is critically important that all the staff and stakeholders of your business understand all the requirements. Today we're asking Rachel Nemeth, the CEO and co-founder of Opus Training, how can I train my staff to open safely? You know, the, the challenges of training during COVID are not that different than the challenges that we saw before COVID. Even before COVID, especially in the industry, we were and have entered this new era of work. Restaurants are incredibly people-reliant operations. That has not changed so you have to solve these three problems of how can you help support your team when new tasks are changing hands often? And of course, now during COVID, they're changing hands even more often. How can you stay compliant? There has been a tech disconnect between the workforce and traditional training programs. According to Rachel, 99% of training program technology is built for the desk worker sitting in front of a computer. In the United States, 80% of the workforce is outside the office on the front line. Founded in 2016, Opus Training uses a text message platform to deliver staff training. You have to train your front line on the front line. And that is something that has existed for generations. It's largely been done via dialogue between managers, right? But that becomes really costly and there's high levels of inconsistency. And that's why e-learning has really started to boom in all sectors. But what we continue to see is that the technology that exists today is the same kind of web-based solutions that are built for folks that are sitting at, you know, Morgan Stanley and then repurposed for the folks that are working at Momofuku. And that just isn't the right solution for somebody who is standing on their feet all day and works two jobs and maybe doesn't speak English as their first language. And they have kids and they have a commute. 
So text message allows you to reach people instantly. And then from there, uh, we've crafted a really unique pedagogical approach that allows teams to learn via microtraining. So they can learn a little bit at the start of each shift and then take that knowledge back with them to their job. Restaurants and hospitality businesses evolve every day. There are daily menu changes, different protocols for holidays, and spontaneous weather impacting outdoor dining. With the COVID pandemic, there are continuous updates in health, service, and facilities regulations that can vary from city to city and state to state. How can a restaurant keep up with everything to stay compliant? They shouldn't have to, right? <laughs> That's the, the real shame about all of this is that, um, you know, if in the perfect world, there would be one central resource where a restaurant could click a button and they could say, okay, here's all the requirements for my restaurant in my state or my county. Um, but that's just not the luxury that we have these days. Information during the era of COVID is changing nonstop and there's no single source of truth. So you have to compile information from multiple sources, track trends, and then um, you know, make sure that you're deploying that to your team properly. That's what we keep seeing when it comes specifically to COVID safety is that you have to extract information from the county office, the governor's office, any sort of uh, industry officials, so the FDA or your local health department, and then make decisions about what feels right. And the reason why that's so important to do is that it's terrible, but we keep seeing in the news um, that restaurants are getting citations for not following these orders. And the truth is, it's not their fault. <laughs> They're trying their best to stay as compliant as possible, but it's hard to keep up with this. So what we're seeing in the industry right now is that restaurants are actually reassigning job positions, right? There are HR directors who are now the directors of safety. There are training directors who have taken on COVID safety. There are, there are safety committees. And that becomes extremely expensive and it's very stressful, not to mention that it takes away your HR director from the things that they should be focusing on, right? Which is the people and your compliance and all of these you know, in really important things around reopening and employee onboarding. So what we're trying to do is take that burden off of restaurants and um, help them and their teams stay safe. And one thing that I think is really critical to mention here that we continue to see is that it's not only the restaurants and the restaurant owners that care uh, it's also the employees themselves. People want to feel safe going back to work. So safety and compliance is not just about how do my guests feel, which is, Grant is incredibly important. It's also about how do my employees feel? And restaurants know that, which is why they're taking this really seriously. Coming up next on The Big Food Question, Rachel shares her three-point strategy to open safely. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Appeal. Here at HRN, we care about reducing waste across our food system, from farms to home kitchens. 
We know that about half of the produce we grow ends up in the trash. We all want to enjoy produce at peak freshness and reduce the amount that gets thrown away. That's where a peel comes in. A peel is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. It's edible, invisible, and imitates how peels naturally protect fruits and vegetables. Because here's the thing. Less waste doesn't just mean we're throwing less food away. It also means we waste less water, energy, and other resources that go into growing produce. Appeal works with nature to reduce waste across the food system from the farm to the kitchen. Appeal helps us conserve our precious resources to ensure we have fresh food to meet our growing need. Appeal. Food gone good. Learn more at appeal.com. Welcome back to the Big Food Question. For business owners and managers getting ready to open now, Rachel recommends making a plan that focuses on communication, COVID preparedness, and staff training. I mean, first and foremost, and I say this strictly from somebody who deeply loves the industry, it's find a way to make sure that you are continually connected with your team throughout reopening, whether it means that you have a text message thread with everyone or you're leveraging your scheduling system, make sure people know where they can go in order to ask a question. And you might have a hotline already set up, but allowing people some avenue where they can um, reach a human especially when, you know, a lot of sous chefs are sitting at their desk at their home while they're trying to reopen. So giving your team access to a single communication thread is going to be important. The second recommendation I would have to any restaurant reopening, and we see this time and time again, is make sure that you have developed a detailed COVID preparedness plan that you are prepared to present in case you are inspected. It sounds so daunting and so scary, but there's a lot of great templates out there that you can follow. And there's a lot of really great best practices that people are sharing. Um, Empowered Hospitality put something out that I really love that, that is just a great resources guide for any restaurants that are reopening. Um, Oyster Sunday does it too. So I'd recommend that you spend, and time box it, right? <laughs> spend two hours and really focus on writing a solid COVID preparedness plan for your restaurant. And that's going to be your guiding document for your management team. Time boxing is a great way to manage and allocate the time you and your staff spend on projects. You simply assign an amount of time to a task and set the timer. One thing you won't have to spend a lot of time on is finding your state's requirements. Opus trainings, COVID resources are available to everyone. What we have done is that if you go to um, opus.so, opus.so slash COVID-19 training, we decided to go ahead and aggregate all of the resources that companies might need in order to reopen comfortably. And on that page, you can see a checklist of everything that's required in that state in order to, to open safely. It's going to list all of the citations and fines that you might need to be aware of. And at the bottom, you can also list all of the resources that we used at the bottom of the page. So we're being super transparent about where we're finding the resources and what we're doing to keep our state pages updated from week to week. 
And the third thing I'd recommend, um, and I don't say this because I'm biased, is come up with a training plan. How are you going to make sure that that COVID preparedness plan is translating to your team members? How are you going to make sure everyone understands um, how to execute well on outdoor dining? And I don't just mean guest services. I mean, what are you going to do with the heat lamps at night, right? How are you going to address the power cord going across the sidewalk um, and all of those things require ensuring that there's consistent knowledge. So some of the things that we've seen is that um, companies will hold Zoom calls with their whole team before they get back on board. A 30-minute call where they're all making sure they're on the same page and the sous chef is actually outside with the laptop showing people <laughs> how to set up the, the outside so the porters know what's going on. Whatever it takes to get everyone to common ground is going to help you open really beautifully and make sure that everyone's coming back feeling good and comfortable. Thanks for listening to The Big Food Question. To learn more about Opus Training and additional resources, look for links to the website and social media in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to The Big Food Question wherever you get your podcasts. Check back often as we address critical questions for eaters, operators, and workers across food topics and business sectors. If you have questions you'd like the show to answer, email us at questions at heritageradionetwork.org. Special thanks for this episode to Rachel Nemeth of Opus Training. The Big Food Question is produced by Katie Mosman-Wadler, Kat Johnson, Hannah Forden, Dylan Hoyer, Matt Patterson, Luke Griffin, and Jenny Dorsey. This episode's host and executive producer is me, Jennifer Leutzi. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. The Big Food Question is powered by Simplecast. The content of this series is provided for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. You should obtain professional or specialist advice before taking or refraining from any action on the basis of this content. This project is funded in part by a Humanities New York CARES grant with support from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Federal CARES Act. This program is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. The Big Food Question is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org and follow us at heritage underscore radio.